Danny. Danny, thank you so much for having me back. And it's a joy to be back. And I believe you put a spell, a good spell, uh, on the journey of Boy Swallows Universe about two years ago. And um, I've never, ever forgotten uh, how kind and generous you were to have me on early on um, when Trent Dalton and the world of uh, literary fiction were, were pretty strange to each other. And uh, I was very touched that you took the time of day and I'm, and it's so cool that you took the time of day again. I feel like I'm part of the Words and Nerds family. You guys are so amazing and lovely and such a family of amazing literary lovers and creators and people who advocate. Oh, thanks so much for your questions engaging with the novel and for everything you're doing. I know the podcast is hugely, hugely loved, so um, you're a gem. I think it's awesome the work that you do you know, we're out there in this pool of, of like how many writers there are in this country and we're all trying to get our book to the surface. Podcasts like this enable us to do that and also to talk about our craft. Danny, you're a gift from heaven. I love that you're such a great supporter and advocate for not only kids' books but adult novels too. I love your interviews across the board. Kudos to you, Danny, for, uh, for getting everyone to relax so much that they open up and tell you such interesting things for the benefit of your listeners. So, well <laughs> Thanks, Jack. Yeah, well That's done. That's so true. Oh my gosh, I just told you all these things that I've never talked about before. I could never edit that bit out. I could do this. And I was just so comfortable that I was like, It's a special knack. Who wouldn't want to celebrate this fabulous podcast? listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny V. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm super excited to have Liz Ledden on the podcast for the very first time. Liz is a Sydney-based children's book author and podcaster, which we'll get to later. I love speaking to fellow podcasters. Liz's latest picture book, Walking Your Human, is about dogs and their owners' very different ideas about what makes for a good walk. Her picture book, Tulip and Brutus, is about friendship, differences, teamwork, and bugs. Liz also co-hosts kids' book podcast, One More Page, with awesome authors and book lovers, Kate Simpson and Nat Amor. Welcome, Liz, for the first time. So excited to be on Words and Nerds. I've been listening for so long, so it's such a thrill to be on the show. And after we talk about books, we're going to talk about podcasts. So I don't get many podcasters come on the podcast, and it's very exciting when I when I have one on to chat to. So first up, though, hit us with an elevator pitch about this wonderful book, Walking Your Human. So Walking Your Human is a dog's guide to how to take your human for a walk and all the fun things to do. Well, according to the dogs anyway. Um, So basically when I wrote this book, it was just one dog instructing other dogs how to walk a human. But once the illustrator, Gabriella Petruso, came on board, it basically turned into a whole cast of dogs because she kind of came up with a whole lot of different dog breeds. So um, between her, myself and the publisher, Larrikin House, we decided that every spread could have a different dog and a different owner. So it's still like this one narrative and this one voice throughout but it seems like it's all different dogs kind of telling the story so basically they um, are pretty sure they've got humans all figured out about what humans like to do Um, so they're very um, very sassy I guess these dogs and you know they're pretty sure that humans like to do things like 
get dragged into puddles and <laughs> they like to see their digging and fetching skills. So you'll see in the pictures, they're actually digging the humans, important, very important things like phone and keys, um, thinking they're being very impressive and clever. So yeah, it's basically a dog just basically telling other dogs, these are all the things that humans like. What I love about picture books is the collaboration between writer and illustrator. And already you've you've touched on how the story changed just by having a whole, you know, different host of dogs rather than the one dog and the one owner. And I'm just very interested because when you read the words and then you look at the pictures, they're often telling, you know, a very different story, particularly when the dog's saying, Oh, you know, they love doing this. And as you said, they're burying your phone in the in the in the sand or whatever. So what was your collaboration like? Obviously, you know, you had some idea of what was in your brain and then how did that come about working with the illustrator? So, yeah, basically um, I did pass along to the publisher some ideas about what I had in mind, especially where the text was a bit um, unspecific about what it could mean, which does give the illustrator some scope, but the publisher also as the go-between just wanted to get a bit of an idea of what my ideas were so I basically thought illustrator directly um, rather than myself and the illustrator collaborating together so much um, but the illustrator kind of took on board some of those ideas but then she brought a lot of her own ideas to it as well so I love the finished product and I think um, it was really lovely as the author to have a few surprises as well as to what her ideas were yeah, that must be the really fun thing about creating a picture book. And I love that work with the illustrator and how they add, you know, they add their own story to your story, which can make it so much richer, I think. Yeah, definitely. And she's actually based in the UK, um, the illustrator, Gabriella. So she did a couple of things from her own life to the book, which I really like as well. So it's not just, you know, I like that it's not just all about the author. It's a lot about her as well because it's both of our books in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is actually a spread with a character with a corgi. And I thought to myself, my gosh, this looks so much like the Queen. Is this meant to be the Queen? And I actually like <laughs> texted Gabriella and asked her and she's like, yeah, it is actually. Um, so she's brought a little bit of, you know, British um, influence <laughs> to, the, to the book as well as Australian because there's a picture of the Opera House on one spread. So it's a nice collaboration in that way. Which is your favourite dog? I was trying to pick my favourite dog today and they're all so cute. I like the little sausage dog, but I have a a bit of a thing for sausage dogs because they're just so weird. They're just so weird and cute looking. What what was your favourite? Do you have one? Oh, my gosh. It is so, so hard, I have to say, to decide a favourite. They are all so cute. Um, I do love the sausage dog as well just because it's sort of so little and kind of a bit goofy. But I also like the Dalmatian right at the end. Mm. That looks gorgeous and, you know, huggable. (laughs) I wouldn't mind a Dalmatian. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, to hug you too. I quite like the dog looking like its owner as well. I like that too. Yes, that happens quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> I wonder if people pick dogs that kind of look like them or if, I don't know, it can't happen. You have to pick a dog that might sort of have the same colour hair as you or something, right? I don't know how yeah, this works. I agree. I think maybe you're sort of drawn to Ooh. a dog that might look a bit like you, but maybe there's that whole thing where you sort of turn into each other a little bit. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me loving the sausage dog. <laughs> Yeah, or me with the Dalmatian. I like spots. <laughs> what is the secret to writing a good picture book? Oh, gosh. Um, I think one of the secrets is that whole leaving room for the illustrator and not um, telling. Um, so kind of 
showing what is happening without explaining it in the words. So that like it gives scope for the illustrator to bring their own touch to it um, and to kind of add a whole new level of meaning to the book. So that's probably one of my um, tips, I guess, with picture books. Um, and then I think another thing is just the voice, like just thinking about who's telling the story, what's their unique kind of voice. And in Walking Your Human, I think it's a bit of a cheeky, sassy voice. So <laughs> I think that might have, you know, a bit of appeal. And I think a lot of readers might identify with that because most dogs, you know, they do have that cheeky personality <laughs> of thinking they know it all. So <laughs> Absolutely. Is the sequel going to be a cat one? Because they're a little bit, a little bit meaner, aren't they, than the dog? Oh, that is a really good point, actually. That's a really good idea. <laughs> should think about that. Yeah, I just like to see the different voice because if the dog's kind of sassy and cheeky and playful, what would the cat be? Oh, I know. I think the cat would be even more, like mm. a bit more sly and a bit yeah. more knowing even than yeah. the dog. <laughs> yeah, a bit more intelligent, not so playful. I'm looking forward to this sequel, Liz, already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, talking about picture books, I think it must be very hard to be so succinct because usually picture books are around 250, 500 words. I think 32 pages is about the going sort of length. So is it a challenge to be so succinct and tell the story in a way which tells it with very little words? It is a challenge. And I have to admit this story um, was actually a little bit longer when I first submitted it to the publisher. I think it was maybe around... 250 something words or something like that and um, so together we kind of edited it down a bit and kind of made each page a lot more succinct and it's now sort of around the 180 word mark so um, I think definitely a good editor can help can kind of help you pull out the essence of each sentence so you're not mm -hmm. adding extra waffle <laughs> so that definitely happened with Larrikin House and I really appreciate it because I think it sounds a lot more concise this way. Mm, and I've been loving the picture books that Larrikin House have had out recently. They're doing such a great job with their picture books. They are. They're doing a lot of really, really fun stuff. Mm. So I'm really intrigued to also see their future books and to see how they all go because I know they're expanding into a few other areas. Like they wow. did just um, announce that they've got Kathy Freeman on board writing a picture book. Wow. So that's Yeah, so that's really, really intriguing and awesome and I can't wait to see that. Yeah, very exciting. Now I think picture books are for all ages. I was a high school teacher for a very long time and I used to always bring picture books into the classroom for all different reasons reasons for you know looking at visual literacy or looking at how pictures and words work together do you keep that in mind when you write it to think that yeah this could be for all ages I definitely do I think picture books are for all ages as well I mean I absolutely love reading them um, not just as a writer but just as a reader mm. um, and I can really see how older kids even teenagers can still kind of get a lot out of picture books so I do and I like to think that there's not really like an age limit or an age guide even though you might say a book is you know for three to six year olds or something like that I don't think it really is and no even with walk yeah that's right and even walking <laughs> your human I can imagine like if you were an adult not necessarily with kids or, or a teacher or a librarian but you were an adult dog lover and had a dog I'm sure you'd get a kick out of reading this book anyway <laughs> Well, I did. I did. I really, I read it before I read it to my kids and I thought it was very funny and I loved it. And I loved the pictures of all the different dogs. It was just a really, it was almost like you were, you were, it was a cartoon, you know, because the pictures are very um, fluid and, and feel like they're moving. So I really enjoyed it myself. 
Oh, that's great to hear. Yeah, the the pictures definitely make it, I have to say. And um, (laughs) Gabriella Petrusso, her um, dogs and her humans have really funny expressions and, yeah, yeah, they're definitely really humorous. So they've added a whole lot to the book, which I'm really grateful for. And what are some of your favourite picture books that you've read recently? Oh, gosh, I have so many favourites. I've got my sort of long-standing favourites, then they're always evolving as I keep finding new books. Mm. But um, one that I actually just purchased and absolutely love, which is quite different to my own book, it's something that's a bit more um, poignant, I guess. It's um, by Edwina Wyatt and it's called Olive. Mm -hmm. And it's basically about a girl who has a cat and then loses her cat. And um, so it's basically about her having a way to remember it and then accept a new animal that wanders into her life, which is really hard for her at first. So it's a bit of an emotional journey. I actually had a few tears when I was reading it, (laughs) Um, but it's beautifully done. I really, really love it. I love that. That sounds amazing. And some picture books really stay with you. I mean, I know Sean Tan's The Red Tree that has always stayed with me and I've taught that a million times because it's just such a beautiful book and it has such meaning to it as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm also a big fan of Gus Gordon's books oh, and yes, yes, and Jane Godwin and Anna Walker's books. So they're mm-hmm. they're separate books and they're collaborations. They're all my favorites as well. Gosh, there's just so many beautiful books out there. I have to say, I'm always adding to my collection. Absolutely, and um, yeah, Gus Gordon's Finding Francois. I just love his work. I love his pictures. I love the thought he puts into it. So yeah, he's definitely one of my favorites as well. Same. And um, Gabriel Evans as well does mm-hmm. beautiful books and he's got a whole lot of new books coming out at the moment. Oh, so, lovely. yeah, he's got one called Blue Flower with Sonia Hartnett. Um, oh, that wow. looks really, really stunning. So I can't wait to read that oh, one. Fantastic. And I've just spoken to Felice and Tom Jellett, Felice Arena, about his wonderful new book, Pooh. Oh, cool. <laughs> that sounds, oh, that must have been a fun conversation. It was very <laughs> fun. And it's, it's kind of like a little thesaurus in there too, because it's got so many wonderful words. So it's one of those books that really mixes, you know, the fun words of, you know, all kids like saying poo and they think it's funny, but then, you know, just giving them this great vocabulary to work with as well. So I love that. That is really clever. So he's he's crossed over between the the super commercial, you know, cheeky toilet humour stuff (laughs) and really educational wordplay kind of stuff that like educators might think is really, really clever. Right. It's very clever. It's very (laughs) clever because at face value you think, oh, this is just a, you know, a poo book. Then you look inside and you've got words like flippity gibbet and, you know, all these great words. Some of them I actually had to look up. There's actually a glossary at the back, thank goodness. So... (laughs) oh that is just yeah very very clever it's awesome and um yeah the other one I read recently was can you do this by Michael Wagner and Heath McKenzie that was a lot of fun as well so there's so many great picture books out there and I I really want to encourage people of all ages to pick them up because they're just so wonderful and enjoyable and don't we need a bit more joy in our life we definitely do for sure (laughs) absolutely now fellow podcaster for one more page tell me about your podcast it's a wonderful podcast and you have some wonderful co-hosts as well Kate Simpson and Nat Amor tell us a bit about it how it started how's it going where's it going who's the I don't know tell me whatever you want okay so yeah one more page is so much fun and it's such a fun team to work with as well with Kate and Nat so basically um, the three of us were members of a writing group together um, at Writing New South Wales so that's how we knew each other and Kate actually came up with the idea of starting a kids book podcast and this was a few 
few years back now before there was a whole lot of bookish writing podcasts. And I think from what we could tell anyway, we were the first um, podcast in Australia that sort of just specialised only in kids' books. Mm -hmm. And that's since exploded a bit and there's a a bunch more, which is fun as well because it's kind of brought podcasts to everybody's attention. So (laughs) I think it just benefits all of us really. (laughs) Um, But when we started it, it felt like something quite fresh and new. And um, we had so much fun like just coming up with everything from our name to our branding to what we're going to do to our format. And then since then, it's just, yeah, it's gone really well. It's kind of allowed us to meet so many authors and illustrators and other people in the book industry as well um, just by chatting to them and picking their brains. So we've kind of like learnt so much from our guests. And then it's also just really nice to connect with listeners as well like and getting that feedback from listeners that have learnt so much from it. So yeah. It's, yeah, it's a beautiful a community thing. though, isn't it? The book community, it's such a welcoming, positive, lovely community. We're all got the same goal of just wanting to people to read and wanting to make the world better. So it's just so wonderful. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And it's also nice to showcase a whole lot of books and especially um, we mostly um, focus on Australian authors Mm. and illustrators. So it's really nice just to bring awareness out to the world of all these amazing new books. Yeah. What's the greatest challenge as a podcaster for you? What's the greatest challenge? That is a good question, Danny. Probably just keeping it fresh and thinking of interesting questions because some of the people you interview might have done the rounds before. They've done a lot of interviews in the past or they're quite an experienced author. Um, So we talk to a mix of, you know, up-and-coming talent and people that are very, very well-established and would have done millions of interviews. So I suppose just trying to not ask just all the typical questions but delve more into their books and themselves in a bit more depth. Mm, yeah and it's interesting too because you never know um really sometimes who you're going to interview and how open they're going to be or how vulnerable they want to be so it's really about you have your questions that's great but sometimes none of them work and you have to really think on your feet yeah that's right exactly you have to make sure you know you keep it going and um (laughs) you get a few good answers there but I have to say I don't think I've ever had an issue with that not happening everyone we've had on has been amazing and has shared so openly so yeah great I agree and I think it has to do with literature you know I think the minute you start talking about books you start talking about the world you start talking about where it comes from in yourself and so you can't help but get a bit you know, a bit personal or a bit honest, I think. I think that's where, um, that's an advantage, I guess. We're not talking about vacuum cleaners, you know, we're talking about literature. That's right. Even if it's about poo. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's about poo. And, you know, we, we, we had a great time in that conversation. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got a question for you. I always ask my guests this question, Liz, why do you write? Um, I think I just write because it's my absolute favourite thing to do and there's nothing else I want to do more. So (laughs) I guess it's also to hopefully reach those people, those kids especially, who are just so passionate about books and reading and that hold their favourite books so dear to them. And, you know, you actually do end up carrying your favourite books with you, even if it's just in your mind, not physically, Mm -hmm. but you carry them with you throughout your life. Like you always remember your favourite childhood books. So I'd love to one day be part of, you know, some kids' memories of like the books that, um, you know, either carried them away to a different place or made them laugh or made them feel new feelings or just characters they loved. So, yeah, 
Mm, that's really special and it's really true because I think whatever we read as kids they do they stay with us and you know they shape us or they help us view the world in particular ways or they open us up to new worlds so they're so important yeah definitely for sure well thank you so much Liz I loved reading your book I love listening to your podcast so it was such a pleasure to finally have you on and have a chat about this wonderful book and about all things literature and podcasting I get very excited when fellow podcasters come on to the show Well, it is lovely to speak to a fellow podcaster as well, I have to say. And thank you so much for having me on. It's been wonderful.